This is Philosopher Atlas on Philosophy. Today we're going to be talking about the environment. We're going to really take a balanced look at things because you hear two arguments. One is feed the economy, let the environment take the hit. There's no real issue. And then the other is that humans are toxic, we're destroying the environment, we're going to doom ourselves and the planet and everything else. And both of these arguments are really not nuanced enough. There is a solution, but it is very much in the middle of these arguments. So let's dive in. Firstly, I want to talk about innovation. Where does innovation come from? If we look at nature, which I think is the best example when we want to observe a pattern, because it allows us to see the pattern without any filters, without having to assume bias, without having to judge ourselves, which can induce bias. So let's look at nature and see how does an animal improve and innovate. In its lifetime, it doesn't do a lot of improvement. It might learn a few new skills, and it might teach those skills to its children. But aside from that, the primary way in which animals innovate is through evolution. They choose more successful mates. They survive or die based on their ability. And that process keeps on repeating over and over again. The way that they improve is through variety. You look at certain animals like mallard ducks or zebras, and they have homogenized certain aspects of their genome. Meaning, if you look at zebras, they basically all have the same pattern they have unified their looks. It'd be much like if all people were all blonde and black-skinned or something like that. There's not a lot of genetic variety because they've been so honed down. That means that they cannot obtain a better design unless they have a genetic mutation that proves more successful. It's these genetic mutations and variations that allow for growth in the genome. While certain genes seem like they're great, they can't improve if there's not that variety. Now, the same is true with command economies. Because everything is centralized and monopolized, you don't see a lot of innovation. And that's a problem for what? The environment. And why is that? Right now, when we have an oil spill, we have some technology that allows us to clean some of that up. 40 years ago, had we had an oil spill, there's much less we could do to clean it up. Now, I know what you're thinking. An oil spill would be a fault of our advancement, right? But it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a volcanic eruption. It could be something just overpopulation. There are so many things that could happen. The more advanced we become, the more we can actually do to prevent alignment degradation to the point where we can even eventually terraform or re-terraform the planet. That means that there are two things that hurt the environment. One is our growth in general. However, unless you can convince everyone to just go and die and discontinue the human race, that's not really going to happen. That's not going to be a solution. We will continue to advance because that is our agenda as a species. So that's not an option. We have to keep advancing. Now, what if we had stayed at our technology that we had 40 years ago and we never advanced? We insisted that we had to stay the same because advancement meant degradation for the environment. 
as I explained, we would still run into problems like oil spills or whatever it may be, forest fires, and we wouldn't be able to do as much for it. So the second thing that degrades the environment is actually the stalling of progress. When we stop things from advancing, it holds innovation back. Here's a great example. We see a lot of medical regulation. And if you don't know, meds take at least a decade to get through all the red tape needed to get on the shelf. The first one to have not done that in years that's been regulated has been the vaccines for the coronavirus. Now, there are concerns from people that that lack of testing is going to end up badly for specific populations, such as pregnant women and so on. There's a lot of concerns for the vaccine, for the vaccine in general. And I'm not going to get into my thoughts on it because it really doesn't matter. Let me explain. There are a number of amazing treatments for type 1 diabetes. Type 1 diabetes isn't just a disease that kills you over time. It's a disease that can make you go blind. It can do all kinds of things to make your life miserable. And to survive, you have to constantly either inject yourself or have a digital pump surgically installed into your body to supply the insulin that you need to survive. Living with type 1 diabetes is horrible. It's not the worst thing on earth, but it's really bad. Now, while these treatments have been going through testing over the last 10 years, they could have saved thousands, if not millions of people all over the world, or at least in the U.S., I, I didn't, I'm not calculating the numbers, but the numbers are significant. Tons of people die from type 1 diabetes. And had we put these solutions out that were obviously safe, that we did testing on, they came back, there wasn't massive complications, the design wasn't extravagant. Even if there was a percentage of people who didn't do well, it could have saved so many lives. But because of all the red tape, those people are gonna die anyway. The economy provided a solution to a massive problem involving death, people dying. And regulators said, you can't have that solution. You're just gonna have to die. There's no cure. Uh, hope till, you know, hope till the red tape is gone or you can die. And that's what makes me mad. Stifling innovation is the worst thing we can do, not only for ourselves and each other, but also the environment. If you remember a while ago, you might have not been alive. I, I know I wasn't, but there was a time when radioactive products were very popular or they were starting to be. They were coming out. You could go and see an x-ray of your foot in a shoe to see how well it fit. You could get radioactive water and all kinds of things. And it wasn't Nuka-Cola. It wasn't this fictional thing. It was a very real line of products based on, hey, radiation, get superpowers, be amazing, whatever you want. It was a big snake oil type of thing. It didn't have much backing and people bought into it because it was a fad and they sold it. They sold it because it was cool. Now, what did this do? People got sick. They had issues. Eventually, they took it off the market. They started regulating radioactive materials and I don't blame them for that. But when you start regulating research, such as what they've done with a lot of substances that have medical application, we saw this a long time with weed. 
right, with cannabis, researchers couldn't even do the research to prove that it had medical application because it was so highly restricted. And that is stifling innovation. When we find something that works, we should have the choice as consumers to have that thing. I understand if it's detrimental to society, putting radioactive isotopes down your drain would poison the lakes or whatever. I get what I don't get is good solutions that are out there, not only for medicine, but for sustainable living and so on that regulation simply stifles. Another great example, people could be living very efficiently with a low carbon footprint if they allowed more diversity in home building because they have regulations as to how you can build a home and what it has to look like and so on. We're not allowed to do more efficient practices that would not only be better for the environment, but it actually be more affordable for people. If they let you build the kind of home that you wanted to build, you could actually buy a piece of property in a neighborhood for very cheap, put something efficient on it, and that could be, you know, a mobile home or, you know, a uh, custom shed or a yurt, all kinds of things, a 3D printed home, and you could live much more efficiently and you could actually do that for a third of the price that you would buying a traditional or building a traditional home. That means the regulations aren't just hurting innovation, they're not just hurting the economy, they're not just hurting the environment, they're also keeping people in poverty. And the common the common argument to this is we don't want the US to look like Mexico, where you have all these shabby houses doing their shabby thing, you know, making the neighborhood look bad. And first of all, I find that kind of insulting. Mexico has its issues, but it's not because they don't have building regulations. And they do have some building regulations. Let's go back to the medical example. Let's say we hold back a cure for type 1 diabetes for 10 years. Now those researchers and those investors are having to tie up their funds for an extra 10 years for a solution that could have come out a decade before. That means that those 10 years, they could have been investing in the next product. So you're not just losing 10 years for type 1 diabetes. You could also be losing 10 years towards the cancer cure, 10 years towards shingles, 10 years towards Ebola, 10 years towards neuropathy. And every time you do that, it adds up. So because of regulations, we could be literally a century or more, even multiple centuries, less advanced than we could have been. I always see those little jokes, those memes on the internet that um, have a perfect utopian future with flying cars and beautiful sleek buildings and healthy outdoor spaces and all that. And it will say the world if parents went to therapy or something like that. But the truth is, the world with less stifling of progress, with less regulation, would be much more like that. It would be better. Yes, problems come up, and they come up as a result of innovation, but they're going to come up with innovation anyway. Because innovation is going to happen. Like I said, we're not going to stop innovating. And when those problems come up due to innovation, we're going to innovate our way out of those problems. And so on. That's just the cycle of life. Every solution has more issues, and that's why our job is never done. I hope you understand a little bit more about how innovation and the economy and regulation work with the environment and against it. That's going to be it for me today. If you would like to be on the show or you would like to have your artwork, videography, or music featured and promoted, on the show, then we can arrange it. Go ahead and message me on Twitter. That's at 
Ossifer Atlas. Thank you and have a wonderful day.